This is TBA by Demera, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Brooks. Greetings. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> I say that because this is our Halloween episode in which we will recount for you scary ghost like experiences that we have experienced. Real life experiences that we have experienced. That's right. And in, it, it, it just to kick things off just to show you how scary it really is. This isn't even the first time we've recorded this episode. Oh, no. No, we've done this episode eight times. Each time, it has been mysteriously damaged, somehow cursed, if you will. We've lost a member of the crew. Yes. In fact, like the last time we recorded this episode, Greg was in it. Greg got sucked into the TV, but not in that poltergeist way. He's just watching Star Trek. Yeah. Rick's always sort of been sucked into the TV. (laughs) So we're going to tell you some scary stories, and uh, hopefully this time we won't have the technical issues that have have haunted us in the past. Plagued. That's right. Plagued the production. (laughs) That's one thing. That's one thing they're always doing in horror movies that drives me crazy, and it's always some lame horror movie. You always hear how the set was plagued with all kinds of production problems, and the movie's not even remotely scary. We should actually do an episode about that one day because lots of movies have had these strange incidents. Uh, yeah, like I a, think we could do that. Yeah, like the the three men and the baby kind of thing. But yeah, or also but we should just definitely like a, look into these horror movies that are you know that are always making claims. I was in a movie. Well, I wasn't in a movie, but we were doing a movie at Tate at the Tate House in Tate, Georgia, and I remember. I think if the website, the website probably is still there. I won't mention the name of it, but they were had all these real life stories of things that happened during the filming that were creepy, and that movie never even got finished. The Tate House is it's not just like a house; it's this big manor that is a hotel now, right? Like a oh yeah, like and it's the real deal. I would I could not I could not endorse the Tate House more. It was awesome. Not only is it like an old manor house that's out by the rock quarry, but there's like a hundred, two hundred year old oak tree or something out back that the KKK actually used to hang people from. Like a hundred men have lost their lives on that tree. And I remember the cabana we were staying at was haunted because it was haunted because the guy, one of the people that stayed there, had committed suicide in the cabana. And then not ten feet from it, there was like a baby's grave. Had it all. I think there was an Indian burial ground somewhere. In the Tate House as well. We did have some interesting moments. There was an a, an inch-for-inch inch authentic British pub that had been moved piece-for-piece piece from England and was and now resides in the basement of the Tate House. The house itself had several ghosts that they knew by name. 
So it's very cool, very Scooby Doo. In fact, and while we were, were while we were making the movie there, the only other person who was actually there because the place was exclusive to us while we were shooting was a guy who was thinking about buying it. And it seems so Scooby Doo. We're like, oh, we're gonna run into ghosts and stuff, and it's always gonna be this guy's effort to drive the price down. Yeah, <laughs> it would have worked too. Not for you meddling kids and your film crew. If you not for you and your meddling film crew, but seriously, the place really is haunted. That it but, was. It's a strange place too because it's this huge place, but it's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's yeah, nothing within like thirty or forty miles of that place. And it was so a why really did they build a big manor there? Yeah. I don't know, but the, the Tate is the family name, and they they were a rich family that used to live there. The Tate, the house, the cabanas uh, certainly were built later on when they started, you know, having people come stay in it for money. But the house itself is very old, and it's where the people used to really live. That's where so, the real money is when you're going to stay there. If you guys ever make it out to, to Georgia and you want a place to stay out in the middle of nowhere that's kind of creepy, check into the Tate. The that's Tate weird. Mansion. I never I never hear when they're doing all these little Haunted South things, I never hear anybody talk about the Tate House. Mm-mm. And I thought it was commonly known to be haunted, and we certainly, I have, I have a, a few interesting, we had some moments at the Tate House. That happened to us, and we were only there for four days. Well, spit but, it, girl. Yeah, really, this don't leave us in suspense. Well, there is, I, I want to say the name of the ghost is Flora? Flora. I won't oh, okay. say, I, I could be wrong about the name, or Fauna or something. Either Flora or Fauna is the name of the ghost, or Fiona. Well, I'm never going back there, but... but there is a house ghost, or at least one, who is known to steal things, like misplaced things. Every time we lost something on the set, we, we would blame the ghost and have to walk around apologizing until someone found it. So we had some things go missing, but we were there with a bunch of weirdos, so that's probably more on account. But our cabana, which was haunted, really did, like, we didn't know that it was haunted when the first night we stayed there. We all had, like, it was me and, and Wilson and, and Manlove who all made movies together. And then we were there with another guy who we didn't know, but we all kind of showed up at the same time. And me and Manlove were going to be in one of the cabanas, and Wilson was supposed to stay with this other guy. But he didn't know him, and the cabanas are huge. Like You, sh- you could really have like six people stay in one of these cabanas. So Wilson was just like, I'll stay with you guys. So we kind of met this guy and hung out, and that guy was in the cabana for like five minutes by himself and came to hang out with us for the rest okay. of the night. So we sort of built this pact to to travel only in twos, a horror movie pact that no one would go alone. Well, that's Which smart. I, yeah, it is smart. I ended up breaking that pact by necessity, and that's where my next ghost story comes from. But the whole night that we were there, things kept turning off and on, and the TV volume kept going up, and and all this kind of stuff, like lights flickering. And when we got to breakfast the next morning, we were asking, you know, a lot of weird things were happening in our cabana. Like, which number was cabana number three? And they all just started laughing. Like, yeah, that's the one where the guy killed himself. It's haunted. Oh, good. Yeah, that's horrible. So I didn't stay in the cabana by myself. Wilson did, but he doesn't, he's not scared of anything. He doesn't care. There were a couple of times that Wilson was there by himself. But we were shooting in the pub 
downstairs and this place had like a giant industrial kitchen sort of like the shining one of those big yeah, kind of kitchens nice. and the pub and, and the kitchen you would have to you'd have to go through that kitchen to go to get to the pub the way the way that we were going down there if you were taking the service the servants entrance which we were and so you'd cut through that kitchen and take the servant stairs up and then have to cut through the whole house to get back to where we had our batteries charging. And at that time, that's that was my job during the shoot. Well, one of my jobs was we'd have to swap out batteries. I'd have to go take the dead one up and go get another one. So there was no traveling in twos. We were all doing something. So I had to cut through the big shining kitchen, which was so big you could actually lose your way. And I did. And I lost my way, and I was, like, taking wrong turns. And finally, I, I, I was creeped out, and I got to the servant's stairs. And as I was heading up the stairs, I swore I heard footsteps behind me. So now I'm running up the stairs, you know, and I'm probably hearing the echo of my own footsteps. But I'm all freaked out and scared, and I run out, and I burst out into the hallway in the, in the main house. And at the far right end of the hallway, I see something. Like this shimmering, like this glowing thing, this light. And I turn to see it, and when I look to my right, it's gone. But as soon as I turn, the door to the, I guess, the sitting room, like to the parlor, on the far left of me, on the other end of the hallway, slams shut. And there's nobody there but me. Like, we're all downstairs filming. And that area, that room, is where our batteries were, and that's where I had to go to get them. But that was, There's no other outlet available for you guys? Well, I guess it's just because we had already... Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense now. But I guess because we had already set up shop there as the recharge area. And we didn't want to move all that stuff around. And it didn't seem like a big deal to send someone to just go get a battery until, you know, ghosts started slamming doors and stuff. And then it started getting weird. You, sir, are a damn fool. Yeah, because yeah, I, I got that battery. Just to, just to let you know how serious I am about my art, I got yeah. that battery. Kill me General, if you must, Poltergeist. Name? The show yeah. must go on. <laughs> exactly, the show must go on. I don't care. And that movie and never, never even f- got made. And I never say Macbeth in a theater. Really? Just that is, that, is that a bad thing to do? Oh, yeah. What do they call how, it? The how Scot- do they, how the do they do it? It's bad luck. It's uh, that... that Apparently, Macbeth is one of those plays that productions are always, you know, say, how, with how do they do a performance of Macbeth if you can't say? Well, I mean, the word they'd Macbeth. say it during the pro- production, but it's like it's a taboo to refer to it as Macbeth. They always call it the Scottish play. Well, I've never heard that. That is interesting. That's yeah, in theater circles, that's one of those things. <laughs> as you, wonder, you're known to travel theater circles. As I've been known to travel many circles. I've never seen a ghost. I just want to preface that with saying that. So I don't necessarily believe or disbelieve in ghosts, but I've never seen one. I've never had an experience that I would say, yeah, ghosts are real. So I, I tend to be a little more skeptical about these things. And a lot of times, like the Tate, I will accept the Tate from this rule. But a lot of times when you have restaurants or hotels that claim that they're haunted and have things happen, you wonder if some of it might be rigged just because it's such a huge tourist industry now to go to a haunted bed and breakfast that you oh, know, yeah. set things up to make it look haunted. But 
I don't think the Tate's an example of that simply because well, they, um, they do don't advertise anything. on it. Everything that happened there was sort of ambiguous. And you don't see I mean, them on the travel channel saying, oh, we're haunted and stuff. Come see it. So Yeah, I, I'm I, actually I surprised the ghost hunters have never come out. But, oh, you remember that episode of the ghost hunters where they went out and the place had stuff rigged up Scooby-Doo yeah, style? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I got mad. Well, of course. Yeah, it wasted everybody's time, yeah. But um, I, I love an episode like that because it just shows those guys are looking to debunk. And they totally did. They're like, this thing is on motors. That's why the chandelier is swinging. It's like, oh, you got a, you got a speaker in here. That's why people are hearing voices. You know? There's a mask <laughs> hid behind the, the, the mirror. Like, man, There's a guy with a sheet on walking around in the hallway. Okay. Yeah, going, moo. I don't even know why he's saying moo. So you saw a ghost when you were a kid, right? This is yeah the only yeah, real visually ghost um, happening that that either one of us has experienced. Yeah, because the stuff at the Tate House was just you know kind of coincidental, spooky stuff, like you know the the flickering lights because the 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 clock radio in our cabana kept coming on and off at will. But we went and unplugged it, and it didn't come back on again. So <laughs> Thank that seems like a purely electrical <laughs> problem. But yeah, when I was a little kid, so it's kind of hard to count this as credible, but I do. I did see like a, an old lady ghost in my house more than once when, in, in Mississippi when we lived there. And that's the only thing I can say that that was a real that was a real ghost story kind of thing, like an ir- irrefutable as long as it wasn't completely my imagination but that house was not that different from the house I live in now where if you come in and to the house and take a right like every there's a hallway and every bedroom in the house is along that hall and my bedroom was the last room on the right before you hit the wall and I just remember one night being in the bed and the door is open and I saw an old lady walking down the hall like an old lady in rags which made it you know even you know even weirder like it didn't look like a regular person either and she just kind of walked and then she kept walking but there's nothing to walk to because the hallway stops there so that's also kind of kind of so was she transparent or could you actually see like physically see her could you see through no she looked like a a physical person but i just mean she didn't look like a normal person because she was like dressed in like tattered rags so it really looked like an actual person that was an old lady in tattered rags walking down your hallway and then she disappeared to the best of my adult recollection which is probably somewhat embellished you know over the years against the real memory creepy though well that's what i thought too I, I believe this. I also. wasn't enjoying the experience. Yeah, I'll be honest right. with you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awful. To this day, I'll not suffer an old lady to be in my presence. I did wet the bed. I'm not ashamed <laughs> yeah. to admit. Yeah, really. But to be honest, I did that anyway. So okay, so you were just like a little kid. Then. Yeah, I couldn't have been more than five or six years old. If we were mm-hmm. in Mississippi, we moved around a lot. So that was very, that was a long time ago. And did I actually lady- saw her more than once. Did the lady look at you? The second time. I want to say it was the second time she did, yes. And she actually seemed to recognize that you were there. So she wasn't just like looking in your direction. She like made eye contact. It seemed like she was looking at me. Ooh. I don't like that. It was creepy. She didn't look happy either. 
So did neither, she look? Neither, did you neither get one feeling? of us was, was pleased with the whole situation. <laughs> did you get the feeling of malevolence from her or evil or anything like that? I don't know. I would. It could have been meanness, but also it could have just as easily been sort of. Uh, it, it almost seemed like more somber than than anything else. You know, a sort of, of, of ambivalent solemnity. Nice. Yeah. That's a pretty co- complicated concept for a five-year-old to see. I remember thinking that when I was describing it to my mother the next day. She uh, gazed at me with, with ambivalent solemnity. So wow. was there like an old lady that had died in the house or anything like that? Well, not in our house. We, we lived in a development that must not have been that old because on the other side of my backyard there's like a there was like a fence uh, that that denoted the end of my backyard and on the other side was a pasture and there was a lady there who had like you know farm animals like some mean goats and it's a whole different story but so the, the I don't think there was a development there for very long and my mom, mom had talked to the lady that that owned all the land behind us and she said that there'd never been an old lady in our house but before our house was there, there was an older house there, and there was an old lady. And when she died, the house got torn down. Ooh. And then I guess they built our whole, I would say, our whole subdivision probably was put up after that. Oh, man, that's that's like a poltergeist right there. Yeah, that's the good stuff. That's... You didn't move the graves. <laughs> yeah, you just moved the headstones. Well, every good ghost story has a good backstory. So that's what I like about it. I'm not saying any of it's real, and I'm not backing any of it up because it's been so long. It's It was real to me at the time, and it certainly is a neat story, so I'll back it up just and for you that. you haven't, you know, I will say this to add to the legitimacy of the story, that you, you haven't seen anything since. So it's you're not one of those guys that goes around seeing orbs and stuff everywhere you go. Yeah, I'm and, not and a weirdo. five or six is old enough, I think. To be able to tell the difference between a dream and, and reality. It's not like you were two well, or something. And know. and to say a little bit to that, I was plagued with nightmares back then, you know, and, and was through most of my childhood. And I always knew the difference between a nightmare and, and real life, you know. I don't – there wasn't anything else going on in my world where I had imaginary friends or anything like that where I couldn't discern the difference between fantasy and reality even at that age. So. I'll, I'll say that that it, it was you know a weird it was a weird occurrence in in that sense. But being so long ago, and my being so young, you know, I just want to throw that out there as a caveat. Well, it does lend credence to it, I think, and it, it's pretty much all we have to offer in ways of an actual ghost sighting. We've we've got a lot of things we've done that are creepy, but because I've looked, you know, I've, I've <laughs> I, I like want the way see you said that. We've done a lot of creepy yeah. things. Well, I'm not gonna you know, lie. We're not going to get into that. I said, <laughs> yeah, for legal reasons, I can't discuss them. I've, but I've always wanted to see a ghost. I'm one of those guys that doesn't believe, but I've always thought it would be awesome if I did see something because it would just mean so much. It would really open. It would the be an affirmation of a whole you. other world. Yeah, it would. It would. It would change how I view reality. It really would. I don't understand these people that believe in ghosts and see ghosts, and it's not a big deal to them. Like, don't you understand the the ramifications of what that means? Like, oh, whatever, let's go to work. Maybe this this goes back to, you know, how on on Quantum Leap only dogs and little kids could see Al because their neurons were in flux or whatever. 
maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe you have to be sort of, (laughs) well, I'm sorry to say this ghost people. I'll try. Well, I would put it more politely, but I don't know how to euphemize it. Maybe you have to be a sort of simple minded person. Or just like a little, a little flaky. Per- a, yeah, a kind of person who that doesn't really understand the or or want to dwell on the complexities and the ramifications of it. You know, doesn't want to sort of quantify it if they see that. So maybe that's not simple mindedness, but no, I, I would say I, I wouldn't say just... open mindedness really covers it either, because there are plenty of open minded people that say they see things that I don't think. I think well, I'd like to think I'm open minded, but I don't see anything. So. Well, maybe you just haven't been around a ghost. Maybe. They're not everywhere, you know. I've been in places, uh, one of the things we didn't mention um, in the last couple times we tried to record this episode, I'm telling you, it's a curse. But uh, when I was a kid in Virginia, we moved around a lot too, because my dad was in the Army. I lived in a, a house in Virginia that was on a Civil War battlefield, and my house was relatively new. Although as new as it was, and it was only like 20 years old, a guy had died in it already. But I never saw any ghosts or anything in the house. But the the house next door to us was old. It was like a house from pre-Civil War times. Really big house. And um, it had served as a field hospital during the battle that took place on that land there. And uh, there was a window upstairs that they could never keep shut. They even nailed it shut, and it would open like every now and then, not every day, but it would just open. So, you know, you never know. It's an old house. It could just be the wood settling in weird ways and, you know, the pressure of the air pressure pushing the window up or something. But I did see that window up a couple times, and they were always trying to keep it shut because it would, you know, the house would be cold with the window open. So. Yeah. But I never saw a ghost. I wonder, but but you did... I won't say you saw a ghost, but but when you lived in that house on Linda Lane, you yes. heard things, and that I was heard a strange, things. That was a strange night. And I would um, say, yeah, that's okay. a good. This is a good story because it all revolves around a single night too. This isn't like a collection, like a culmination of weird happenings. Like the weirdest of it happened in one night, and it wasn't Halloween night, but it was a Halloween party. Yeah, it was a party we, we had, and Halloween had fell on, on a, fallen like on a Tuesday or something weird like it sometimes does. So the party was either on the Saturday before or after. I can't remember. It's like 12 years ago or so. But we rented this house, me and a couple of my friends, in Carrollton. It was on the street called Linda Lane. So it was a split level. And in the basement, much like my house now, I had this weird um, door that you just open and it go out under the house where this is dirt. Yeah, and this doesn't happen in Savannah because we, we don't have basements. But if you've, oh. you know, everyone who lives in a house with a legitimate basement that's somewhat, you know, that's been somewhat modified to be domestic probably has that one place that wasn't finished. You just open a door and it's nothing. It's just well, it gives you access, I guess, to the pipes and stuff. That's the idea. Yeah. It's, it's a crawl Rather space. than a crawl space, yeah. But it's yeah. real creepy if the rest of it is enclosed and you have like a TV and electricity like this one was and a bathroom which was across from this door that led out to nothing. Yeah, that's what happens in these split levels. You'll you'll finish the basement so that it's a livable, normal like space, but then there'll be that one closet door and you open it and it's dirt. Mm-hmm. It's an under un, you know, low, dark dirt. Yeah, I don't I don't like it at all. For easy chud access. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Easy burying, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. 
I would actually Dispose have a chain on the inside of that door. I really would if I had a house like that. I don't think a chain would help that much. It'd make me feel better. Other. Yeah, but I would feel better. <laughs> I think chains, I think locks work against Boogeyman. That's all I'm trying to think of, you know. Boogeyman knows if you lock the door and you have the covers over your head. Like, oh, well, nothing I can do here. This sir, we'll get simple. the emails from those, those flaky types that'll say, well, you just... You need to pour a line of salt on the ground. Salt, yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, but, um, but these, I, that's what kills me about people who do believe in, in ghosts and, and demons and evil spirits is they not only believe that they're real, but they believe they're quite easily battled. Like, we can't go in there. Household. It smells like garlic. That's horrible. Yeah. I can oh, think of a, things that smell worse than garlic. It's got a line of big. salt. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with that? Salt. Like, so they're like, Seriously, okay, let's say they hate salt. It's like, you can't step over it? You can line it with hydrochloric acid. I could still step over it if I wanted to. Yeah, it's kind of a strange, strange idea. But anyway, I'm sure that goes back to ancient times when salt was used to preserve bodies during decomposition or something. But So we lived in this house, and we had a Halloween party, and a bunch of people came. This is in college, you know how it is. You have a party, and a lot of people come that you don't know. I, you know, they know a person who you knew or something, and anyway, they just end up in your house. And when, I, as an adult, I would find that disconcerting. Very but weird. As a kid, they could have all been ghosts. No, yeah, no really one that know I know that, that was at that party real. says they know those people. Yeah. So anyway, these guys come and they decide they want to do a séance. And um, I don't remember the details of this very much. Apparently, from what Sean was saying before, we had planned on doing this so that we could scare them or something? We well, had, no, this, we were they brought the idea of the se- seance and I was with it because that's, you know, just dumb enough, you know? But Susan, who also lived in the house, they they said, and nobody, we don't know this is for real or not, but they swore that she was really good at pretending to be possessed, like real creepy and scary, like the chicken that Emily Rose whatever yeah, yeah. movie like that she could do all that kind of stuff and she was saying let's do the seance and, pre- and I'll pretend that I'm like getting demon possessed or something but I don't know whatever happened I don't think we never got to the actual seance because they spent half the night burning sage which you know they carried sage with them yeah they had it in the car that's just, like that they tells had you it with them yeah doing reiki crap and all that and I think we they all just got they did do the seance I remember them doing it I don't remember Susan being there for it did but I, I remember them doing it I think that we just were upstairs. I don't think we were... They were down in the basement. I remember looking down on it, but I don't remember being down there. imagine what we were doing then that we didn't think the seance was interesting enough to watch. So maybe they did do all this stuff. Maybe they conjured something in your house. The people that were doing it were kind of annoying, and I think that's... We were just like not interested in it for that reason. (laughs) That's not worth it for us. But But at any rate, they do a seance, and then... Ever since that, that whole night, weird things started happening. First, the first thing I remember is that there was this uh, little Halloween decoration toy kind of thing that that our roommates bought at the store that has a motion sensor on it, and you walk by and it goes like, or something like that. And um, they put it in the bathroom in the basement, which was right across from that door that leads under the the house. Yeah, the chud door. And there was nobody in that bathroom. The lights were off. There was no light. There was nobody in there. And all night long, that thing kept going, like it was seeing motion. And there was no one in there. And I remember at one point, the toilet seat fell down and just made this really loud, like, clang, and scared us all half to death. We're like, what the heck's going on in here? So that was the first weird thing. 
and then it, at some point I'm like I'm going to bed and I, I, I go up because it's late and there's still people in the house it's still and it hasn't on. been weird enough that because I know we've we've said previously that we can't understand how people just go to bed yeah that's true but it was just like a toy going off because the batteries weren't working right or at something that point. That, yeah. that's what we were thinking it's not like the, I saw something in the mirror behind me. I mean, it wasn't anything like that. Yeah, and there were still people in the house, so it, it did, I didn't feel all that creeped out. It's just a little bit like, oh, how strange. So I went to bed, and all night long, I'm hearing voices of people walking up and down the hallway and talking. And I'm looking at the clock, and it's like 6 in the morning. I'm like, 5 in the morning. I'm like, what are they still doing here? I mean, I know it's a late party, but come on, go home. I'm trying to sleep. So eventually I fall asleep, and I wake up the next morning, and then I hear, I hear Sean's story. Yeah, because they did leave somewhat early. Because I, I also slept at the house that night. I, I, I slept over at people's houses a lot. I didn't go home very much back in those days. And I slept in the... This is one of the one of those houses where you walk in and there's a living room nobody uses. And then down the hallway are the bedrooms. And then like in the kitchen area and then downstairs to the basement was the den where everybody actually hung out. But upstairs were was there was a couch and that's where I slept and I'm sleeping so I'm there right there where the hallway is and I just remember waking up and kind of not waking up you know that that sort of disorienting feeling yeah you know sort of like when you've been asleep for 10 minutes and you wake up and you think it's like the next morning sort of feeling really yeah, like, well, yeah. eight, 8 10 already it's like 8 <laughs> 10 at night Sean that's what you get for going to bed too early but but it was like that where it was dark and, and it felt like I wasn't the only person in the room I felt like there were people in the room and that they were looking at me and talking about me and laughing at me and it was very it was very disturbing and, and weird and I just remember finally just screaming and, and actually waking up like and it was like one of those sort of night terror sort of panic attack sort of things and I wake up screaming and then I'm like oh you know I'm in your living room and everything's fine but I was all creeped out and I keep trying to go back to sleep and the whole night I hear people walking up and down the the hall thinking it's you guys meanwhile you're in there thinking that, it, that there's still people in the house we find out the next morning that there was nobody like no one was walking up and down the hall like that like we yeah, were very all, strange we were all sleeping or trying to and and uh, and there, there were little things like windows left open in the house and stuff after that. And I never heard Sean scream. That's what's interesting. I mean, yeah. other roommates did, so we know that that happened because <laughs> yeah, they claim they Errol did hear heard it. and didn't even come out to check. Them. Yeah, apparently they heard it and did not respond. They're like, "It's so, cool. I'm sleeping." Whatever. But, I can't. I can't complain. I guess I've been that way with other people. So he did scream, and but I never heard it. I slept through that, but I did hear voices. If what I thought was party goers, so that that is kind of strange. I never that, had anything that was else interesting. happen in that house after that one night too. So I, I do recommend not doing seances and not messing with Ouija <laughs> yeah, don't boards. Don't do a seance on Halloween if you guys believe in that sort of thing. I mean, if you don't, you know, go ahead, I guess. But if you're susceptible to believing in that kind of stuff, you might ought to steer clear of those because apparently right. they agitate <laughs> whatever is in the air. For real, or if you're just anxiety-ridden or, or, you know, easily 
creeped out, probably you don't know. do it because I can't say anything supernatural had that happen that night. But I was definitely creeped out the whole night. I think the creepiest part is when you thought they were laughing at you. What a strange, what a strange yeah, thing. That's a very weird feeling. Like, and and what I find interesting about that watching all these ghosty shows now is apparently that's not uncommon. You know, for people. You know, when when they think they have a ghost in the house, that feeling of being watched or that feeling that people are talking about you or in the room with you and and that kind of stuff, you know, whatever, shadow people. I wish we'd go back to your house with like an EMF detector now. It's like maybe you had a fear cage situation. They call it, that's what they call it in Ghost Hunters, where there's so much electrical, things putting out electrical energy that it, you know, too much too high of an electromagnetic field can make a person feel nauseous or paranoid. And they call it a fear cage. If there's enough things in the area, putting on enough juice that being around it might actually make you, I mean, have a logical reason to make you feel creeped out. Yeah. But you know, what's weird. It's like I said, that was a one night thing. And we lived in that house, not for, not for very long, not even a full year. I don't think, but, but so so I don't I don't think it was a a regular electrical ex- disruption or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was it just out one there. of those nights. Yeah, it was a good creepy story. Maybe maybe I'm just a weirdo. These creepy stories seem to revolve around me so far. Yeah. So, so far, you should always can... like in your group if there's always one person and only one who always sees the ghost, then he's just a flake. Maybe yeah. I'm just the flake of the group. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of reminds me of when we first came to Savannah. Savannah had like a little ghost hunter society or whatever, but it wasn't like cool plumbers who had like equipment and stuff. It was just a bunch of kind of weirdos that liked to tell ghost stories. And we met at one of their houses once and we never went to another meeting or at least I didn't because the whole meeting, you know, they're talking like, Oh, if you stay with this group long enough, you'll definitely see ghosts. We've all seen ghosts. And they started showing us pictures that one of them had taken with spirit balls, which now people call orbs, but whatever. It's just dust and bugs. Yeah. But they, but they're like impressed with them. And then they start saying how they think there's a vortex in the corner of this guy's living room, the house that we're at just to have the meeting. And they keep talking about it and all that stuff. And we're like, okay, whatever. And we left. And then later on, guys like you shouldn't left. We found a manitou in in Phil's living room. What what's a manitou? Some kind of a Native American evil spirit. Oh, fun! Yeah, you shouldn't have left. We found an evil spirit. That sounds fun. Well, in the world of ghost hunting, that's a big W. I guess so. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, we yeah, found this horrible like, demon. You should have stuck around. Sounds like I left just in time. The vortex opened, and a manitou came out. Possessed all of us and made us kill people. It was great. Yeah, yeah it was like a, what a Blair Witch 2. The whole thing went Blair Witch 2 in a hurry. Which is bad enough. That was bad enough as a movie. But I, I guess, I don't know. That's why I, I remain skeptical of even my own stories. Because I think they're fun. But I wouldn't say, barring what I could believe from my my childhood memories i wouldn't say i saw anything that made me unequivocally believe in something supernatural isn't there a a spot in savannah down on river street that if you stand on it and talk you can hear your voice echoing from what is that about you know what i'm talking about no 
never mind. So I, I, I believe this is probably true, but Savannah's full of stories because it's an old city, or at least old for America. Yeah, like it has a lot of haunted places, according to people. Yeah, it's also a touristy city, so there's no when it, whenever you mix history and tourism, you get a lot of ghosts. Yeah, I think people eat that up. So another ghost hunter rule is that any place with a gift shop is probably not haunted. Yeah. I would I would hold to that. I you know, you can stay in true. the you can stay in the Lizzie Borden house now. It's a bed and breakfast. You can go stay in that place. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do it. Yeah, I think they went to that was actually the episode where they were talking about that. I think because they went and investigated the Lizzie Borden house and didn't find a thing. Well, there you go. But it's it's good fun, oh, and they have haunted tours if you want. And and I would say ghost hunting in in a town with a rich history is a good habit because you learn a lot of the history that way. And I think that it's fun for that. But I I would say in Carrollton. We had fun doing, you know, spooky housing. Yeah, we did our own ghost tours, and they were um, <laughs> extremely not, dumb and dangerous. But I don't recommend it. What we would do is we would drive. This is when we were young and dumb. We would drive around these old country roads that are just dirt roads out in the middle of nowhere, looking for abandoned houses, and they're surprisingly easy to find in the small town in the south. You know, these houses are just out in these pastures that mm-hmm. I guess people used to live in as farmhouses or something, and then they just left. I don't, I don't, I never understood how this I, happens. How you I guess have it's a, like the Tate house thing, you know, an undeveloped area. If people move on to somewhere else, no, and they just so leave. Someone the doesn't come there. back in. It's weird. It's a little weird, isn't it? But so we used to find these abandoned houses and just kind of break in. It, usually there wasn't any real breaking because the door was, <laughs> yeah, doors are almost go all right open. in. But, um, Horribly dangerous and stupid thing. I don't recommend anyone doing it. It's funny that it never really occurred to us when you're young how how foolish that is, how easily we could have been shot by somebody. Mm-hmm. Cause, well, because we that's what being young is, I guess. You don't really think about consequences that way. But we used to find, we found a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, we found some really interesting sites. Never saw ghosts, but we did find some creepy environments. Like, uh, some of the lesser ones like I found a house once with my friends and we went in and, and there was nothing in the entire house except in one room there was this four foot high I exaggerate not in fact I will tell you now I nothing I'm saying tonight is a lie I promise and um, we found a four foot high pile of women's shoes just like I do like how that you prefaced that like I swear I'm not lying well you know, I mean I tell, just because I tell my old lady from Mississippi story <laughs> and I'm like, and don't bother to even say. I mean, I'm. This is totally true. But well, some like, of the stuff I'm that square. we're gonna say with the spooky totally housing might true. sound exaggerated. It might sound like we're embellishing because it's a little too weird our way. But like that, if we embellish on anything to, in in the course of this show, it would be by accident. Yeah, so every story we're telling is true in the telling, but how, however you may interpret it is a different story. But but they're true in the telling. These happen. Because, like, um, so that wasn't that weird. But, you know, things like that's what we'd find. Weird stuff. And, um, but there's this one house on Goolsby Street. And this is where it sounds like it's embellished. Because nice. you're like, Goolsby? Really? Yeah, like, yeah, it really was. Goolsby Street. And it was this, just this empty road with nothing on it. And then one house 
down the road. It was under this big street light. That's the only light there was out there. I don't know why the street light was still on because clearly no one had lived there in forever. But the house had been burned down, but it was still there. It, it had caught on fire, I guess. It hadn't really burned down. Yeah, it burned out. A lot extensive fire damage to the house. So we, but it, the structure was still fully there. So we were like, well, let's poke our heads in. And when we went in, we were just amazed because this is still to this day, not that I spooky house anymore, but of all the spooky housing we did, this is the only time I've ever seen this. Everything was still in the house. All the furniture, all the books and magazines yeah. and mail. They still had mail in the house. Very strange. The Instantly, we were completely creeped out because we're thinking, just logically, the only reason someone would just leave everything in the house is if maybe someone had died there and they wanted to preserve the scene, so to speak. Yeah, or so, there wasn't anybody to come claim any of that stuff for the same reason. And it was... The house itself felt structurally unsound, so we would... And it was so creepy there, because even if you don't believe in ghosts, it was just really overwhelmingly creepy. That The first thing we did was we walked, kind of walked around the house in a big circle trying to poke our way through, but it was so overgrown you couldn't even get to the back mm-hmm. of the house hardly. And then Plus, when in you, small groups, you'd be scared, like... I remember the earlier trips to, to this, and you'd already been there before, but lots of people had already been there by the time that I ever went. But just going there in, like, groups of three or four people, you were still kind of scared. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the few places we went that really had a creepy feeling to it. It was so well, quiet. And there were so the things you'd find were weird. Uh, the, I remember the first time I heard about the house was not from you, it was about... It was from some other people who'd gone there, and they were just going there, and they were they were you know they were looting basically, like because when you first walked into the the front room, like into the living room, there was a bookcase, and you know all these books that were just perfectly fine, and some of the books that they got were just so weird, like this really old book on pathology. One of yeah, them that got, book had just extensively <laughs> graphic pictures of different ways you can die yeah like, and that a would, like really set the tone in for the Goolsby house <laughs> like well if that's one of the things that comes out of yeah, it pathology books and so you would kind of creep through room for room and each room was like a new discovery because because some of them weren't so there cr- the last time and it was so dark in there and so collapsed like the walls were collapsing so you could see through well you couldn't find the door to this room you could see into a room where you're like how do I get into that room? I don't know. And have to try to make your way through the hall, even though there's big holes in the floor and stuff, so you're afraid you're going to fall through. Eventually, so it made it kind of an, an adventure every time because you're like, there's, this is a fake wall kind of thing. And yeah, like, it's where like they a put something up and there's a room behind it. Very strange. But the creepiest thing ever is eventually we'd make our way to the... Because we've gone out there several times by this point. And we're always too chickened out because you always reach that point where you're spooky housing where you say you know what I, I think I've had it let's let's get out of here I don't feel right mm-hmm. about this this is scary and so everyone leaves and then the next day you, not next day the next time you come you get a little bit braver eventually we made our way to the back of the house and we found I kid you not what appeared to be like a doctor's office from olden times like they had yeah, this it was. big slab it had table like the metal table like the for the patients and all that kind of stuff all and these doctory looking implements like scalpels and things lying around and then at that point we're like what is going on in this house that was probably the weirdest thing we've ever found in a house just because like as you're uncovering more and more that was like totally a horror movie 
And the only reason we found that was because that time we were a group of like 12 and we had girls with us. And so, so we were you're always, you're always braver when there's girls around. Yeah, really, because you don't want them to know. Like at the worst, you let them check it out and then, then you get to leave. But if they don't check it out, then you have to stay. And that's and how that we found naturally the our first office. instinct was just like someone was doing experiments on people here <laughs> something like that exactly which of course it wasn't of course no. like it was it was an old house so he was an old doctor you know who practiced out of the home but yeah, it's a country when you doctor. don't know anything about a place and it's already creepy finding something like that is about the worst thing yeah, that you can uncover. Yeah, coupled with the pathology books and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like, which also all start, starts to make sense now like if he was a doctor, but still like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, but you know, it also makes sense if he was experimenting on people. I'm just saying. Yeah. Especially for it to have been in the back of the house and for us to have found it last. Because we risked something to go through that house that it wasn't fully structurally sound for us to be walking on the charred floor. Yeah, one we of could us could have, have fallen have into hurt. some kind of hell pit or something. Especially with or just down to the ground would have been sufficient to, to injure ourselves. But especially since there were so many of us. There was a car, too, out in the overgrown part next to the house. It's just huge overgrown mess oh, of yeah. kudzu and stuff. There was a car out there that was just riddled with bullet holes. Like, I guess, you know, country redneck types like to go out and shoot the car. And shoot up all cars, yeah. But... That, that was kind of creepy because they were like, what if there's a body in that trunk? Yeah. What if they put some guy in the car and then shot the car up? That was pretty awesome. And uh, we also, what else did we, I guess I could talk about Martin Cemetery. That's another spooky house experience we had in Carrollton. Mm-hmm. Um, another, also another interesting Carrollton site, if not haunted, interesting. There is this, I was in high school and even then I was really into this stuff and we'd, we'd heard tales of this cemetery and we first we tried to investigate about it that people say there's a, a abandoned cemetery and an old manor house from civil war era like out in the woods like there's no way to get to it except hiking through the woods and of course we're like all oh, that sounds beyond awesome i want to see it so bad and the only person we could find that knew anything about it was this one girl who was a little bit crazy and she went to one of those churches that was I guess those small town churches that believed in snake handling and stuff like that. You know, she was this, this kind of extremist little Baptist church. And apparently they knew where it was and had gone out there at some point, the church group, because it was renowned to be a satanic place because people do satanic rituals out there or something. So that, that just piqued our interest even further. We're like, we've totally got to see this place. And she told us how to get there. She said, you know... You, you park on this part of the road, and there's like you'll find a trail, and you go down the trail about a mile, and you'll find it. That's about the info we had. So we went out there one night, me and my other friends. We actually rode our bicycles out there. This is before I even had a driver's license. And um, this this is yet again. I'm not embellishing at all. Total truth. It was on. It's actually on Martin Cemetery Road, so it's not like hard to find that part of it. And um, it was within biking distance of my house. So we, it was like a warm night. And I'm out there in a t-shirt and jeans or whatever on the bike. And we're biking to the place. And once we get on that road, this fog came up. And I guess there's a creek that runs through there or something. I don't know. But this fog just kind of came up on the road. And it was so cold that we literally had to turn around and go back home. 
Like we could not continue. And I got home and I, I turned instantly turned the sink on to hot water and shoved my hands in it. And my hands were blue. They were like bluish. I'm like, what is going on? I, I don't <laughs> know if it was some kind of psychosomatic thing or if it actually did just get that cold. So the first time we tried to go out there, we, we didn't, we were not successful. The second time we went out there, we actually just kind of fog came up, but it wasn't as cold. So we, we were able to get in and park our bikes off the road and head down the trail with the flashlights. And um, the trail itself was very small and overgrown and creepy just because you're out in the woods. We saw a lot of weird stuff out there, but most of it was just kind of, it wasn't really scary. It was just kind of strange. Like the, the things that pop out in my head is... um. There were, there were a couple shopping buggies out there in the woods, which I thought was weird. There was a couch on one side of the trail that was all beat up. And then on the other side was like a TV with like the picture tube broken in. So it was just sitting there like you'd sit on the couch and watch the broken TV. And they yeah, were I like opposite that sides of the trail. Of it, how weird. Yeah, just like it's would not really scary. <laughs> like, like set up a fake living room out in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't so much scary as it was strange, like kind of stuff you'd see in these horror movies where these mutant hill folk live. <laughs> exactly. You know. And there was one point where we saw a little, like a baby doll that was hanging from like a noose on a tree. And that, to me, that was obviously just some kids trying to be scary or something. Is that, or doing some kind of, you know, teenage satanic ritual or something, because it was pretty cheesy. We found some, a lot of, um, like papers, like, uh, school papers like note those little composition books and stuff but they had been burnt along the edges and stuff so I, it makes you wonder like they were out there doing some nonsense we had but we couldn't find the cemetery and we couldn't find the manor house and um the manor house in particular i was very interested in because that to me sounded beyond awesome we did find this big gate at one point at the very end of the trail it looked like it was a gate for a driveway or something but it was so grown up and so thick past it and we didn't have machetes or anything that we, we really couldn't make our way through so I never did wonder, see a manor house like the, that manor house may may yet be there maybe I never did find that and that's one of my great regrets in life. I'm gonna get on Google Earth and look for it right now maybe I can find that's it that awesome. way yeah, with satellite technology we don't have to do all that Time is, times have changed <laughs> I could have like GPS that whole thing back in the <laughs> I've got the coordinates exactly. 25 meters due south. So um, we were coming back from the end of the trail. We're still upset. We're like, we can't find it's blasted anything. And one of our guys trips on something, and, and he gets up and looks. He's like, look at this. And it's a gravestone in the shape of a cross. And it's like laying on the ground, and it seems to be pointing in a direction. Or that's the impression we got. And sure enough, in the direction it was pointing was another trail that we had missed before. A much smaller little trail. So we went down there and just like a, about a hundred feet in that direction through the woods, we found the actual cemetery itself. Yeah, which, and that's a creepy, that's a creepy place, that cemetery. No doubt. I was, because I was, it's, you, um, you, you took us back. You'd done all the, the, the recon for the spooky housing way before I got there because Brooks actually lived in Carrollton at that time. I didn't I didn't get there until I went there for college. But by the, you'd already scoped everything out. But it's it's kind of sad. 
when you get there really it's creepy but at the same time you know it's it, it's a cemetery there's several stones there you know yeah there was like, like a good to be an 25 old or so 30 graves there yeah and how sad you know because they were not old just, they were from but, like the 1850s 1860s but that is clearly forgotten that that's a good starting oh, point yeah. for a horror movie because no one even remembers these these dead people you know I know they're just out their the graves woods. have been abandoned and desecrated like that several of them had had pentagrams yeah, carved into them kids. and stuff like that yeah the and one of them stuff, I swear I don't know if this is one that one of them appeared to be dug up like it was a big eight foot hole empty hole I don't well, know it could be that's I, something that someone had dug up a grave or if maybe it had been dug way long ago for somebody and they just never put them in there but that Carrollton, to me was the creepiest part I'm like what is what is this Carrollton had that kind of stuff I remember my girlfriend in Carrollton she lived in in and in, 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 in this is a similar situation to the house that I lived in in Mississippi she lived in a town home where you know the that subdivision was probably relatively new because behind her townhouse, you know, it was just woods. And if you walked into the woods behind her in her backyard for about 10 feet, you would find there was a gravestone there, a single gravestone by itself. And it was the weirdest thing. Just in the woods. I mean, how strange. Just in the woods, just by itself. We, the only thing we could make out on it because it was all worn was the name Chandler. And the name of the street that she lived on was West Chandler. And that's why I thought it sort of corroborated it somehow. Like, ooh, it's weird. And that was the subject of much conjecture. Well, that's what and I just remember one time, Chip, we were talking to my buddy Chip, and he was like, well, we were saying, I wonder if there's someone really buried out there. He's like, well, there's one way you can find out. Well, <laughs> I never will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, through ground-penetrating radar, of course. <laughs> yeah, idiot. Yeah, when you're already three feet down. <laughs> Yeah. I bet search the county <laughs> records, moron. Jeez, yeah, you're a <laughs> you ghoul. You ghoul. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought we were having another adventure. <laughs> I thought I was being an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, the difference between a grave robber and an archaeologist apparently is just the passage of time. Or a university degree. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to school for long enough, then you're allowed to dig up people's graves. <laughs> Mess with their skulls and stuff. Yeah. But the, what's I, interesting is that it, it's not like it's a secret that they exist, because it was, it was, the road was named after the cemetery. Well, and your road the was urban named legend, after that family. All the kids knew. What made it interesting, and, and there's always a real-world scary element to Spooky House. The, the Most of the time, the real-world element being you're going to run into the owner or just a crazy hobo those are the two things that are most likely to happen mutant hill folk and ghosts don't occur as much but yeah people do own the places you're in and crazy hobos do exist so I, the one thing about Martin Cemetery was there was like the story that there was a crazy old guy who lived in a trailer somewhere on the property and considered himself the caretaker and so if you weren't careful, you could run into the crazy old guy. Yeah, then you could end up being buried in the cemetery there. Exactly, because he did have dogs, and you could hear dogs barking. Like So there, that was the real-world element that backed that up, that you did know someone was around, because someone nearby had dogs. Someone nearby had dogs. So that was the, the part that made that creepy. 
Are there any? I'm trying to think of if there's any other spooky houses that were notable. Oh, we you're you're forgetting the best. We haven't talked about Villa Rica. Oh, that's right. See, the Villa Rica house was, was, was the Michael Myers house of Carrollton spooky house. Called the Villa Rica house because it wasn't actually in Carrollton. We had Villa Rica is very close to to Carrollton, but we always called it the Villa Rica house because you had to drive like I don't know 20, 30 minutes out to go see it. It was the big one. It was the the Disney World of spooky houses because it had the best possible backstory. Like we didn't know. In fact, when we poked around with Goolsby, we found out who owned it, and it wasn't that scary. Like they weren't even dead; they were still alive. They were just probably just rich and didn't care to go comb through their charred stuff. So that wasn't scary when we found out the real world story. Villa Rica, I'd never heard the real story of it, but the backstory was was interesting. The backstory was that they a family had lived in the house. And at some point, I guess the kid was like under 10, maybe six to eight years old, something like that, real young. And one day the aunt comes by because she hasn't heard from him in a while. And it's been a few days and she comes by and the kid's there by himself. And, you know, they don't know where the parents are. And then after a little bit, they start noticing the house, you know, smells. And they're asking the kid where his parents are and he tells them, you know, that this demon told him to kill them and, and put them under the floorboards of the living room and all this crazy stuff. Like, he was hearing voices and he went to an insane asylum or whatever and they dug up the house and, and they found the parents. Now, this is one of those things where a buddy of ours said he knew this story to be true because a girl he dated had written a paper about the person who remained unnamed. We never heard the name of the person who supposedly the kid really was, but, oh no, he's he's in an asylum right now. He really is. He's locked up still. Like, what's his name? I don't know, but my girlfriend wrote a paper about it, so it's real. The world of spooky housing is, is filled with, with these kinds of stories. Ghost stories are filled with these kind of stories, that two degrees of separation from, from real proof. So this was the story that... Um, that this kid really killed his parents, that this kid was real, that this kid was now grown up, and it's totally the Halloween story. But, and we never got the actual physical evidence. That was the thing I remember saying, well, let's see the paper. It was the paper that she wrote. Oh, I don't date her anymore, you know, blah, blah. But we did go to the internet when it was easier to look stuff up. Well, you know, I, I will tell you, and I don't know where to start, but I have done all kinds of random Google searches trying to pull up any kind of record and you would think that something that crazy you would find something about it that someone had written and I've never found anything about a kid who heard voices or a weird grisly murder in Villarica or anything like that you know so I can't I cannot speak to any of that except to say that I don't hold as credible the people that swore that it was true but one thing we can say that makes the story cool and interesting is that it's corroborated by the physical evidence of the house itself. When you get to the house in Villa Rica, you go in, and as soon as you walk in, it's an old house. Like, it's all wooden inside, wooden plank floors and everything. And when you walk in, to your left is the stair, the staircase up immediately. And then to the right is what was the living room 
but in reality, all of the floorboards are pulled up and all of the ground underneath is completely dug out. And I won't say that, that this corroborates the, the this corroborates the story of, of them having to dig up the parents. I won't say that's the only thing that could have been, but I don't know what the the normal explanation would be for why you would pull up the floorboards in a room of a house and dig what is literally a crater out underneath it. Because there is nothing there. And I'm talking like 10 by 10 and at least 6 feet deep. They look like the whole area is dug out. And we know this because we went, the same night we went to Goolsby with about a dozen people, we went to the Villarica house and being emboldened as we were, actually jumped down in this hole and crawled all up under that house. Yeah, smart. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that was a real, a real, a real hobo house. That was the thing that was scary about Villarica, because it was clear that people have gone there, mostly probably just kids like us, just wanting to see the house. But if you went upstairs, it's sort of like a loft kind of thing, and there were old clothes scattered around. Yeah, bottles. Not so and old stuff. clothes. Yeah, bottles, blankets. I think that might have been a might have been a makeout spot too which Maybe, is really gross you got the feeling someone was squatting there <clears throat> well you got the feeling that people routinely squatted there like not necessarily the same people and there were all kinds of things i remember one year one time we went there and underneath the steps leading up to the porch someone had put like an old halloween mask and you saw it under there and you see a face under the porch and that was scary i remember one time we went there and there was writing on the wall as soon as you walk in and we had a hard time reading it and we got right up on it with a flashlight and we're reading it and we finally realized it's that I said no trespassing <laughs> Yikes. We're like, yeah that's not ghosty at all but that's scary yeah it's a lot scarier than any of the ghost stuff we saw <laughs> yeah getting your throat slit by a vagrant is, is scarier than a ghost most most ghost stories do not end with anyone dying in real life very few real-life ghost stories claim that a person lost a life from it. But many times, crazy hobos kill people, and that's a fact. Well-documented. It's a well-documented fact that hobos kill people. But that, that reminds me of the time that we thought we saw someone. This is, I guess, with you and me and Manlove and, and our buddy Peyton... It may have just been the four of us then. But we were going up there, and Peyton's up front. He's got the flashlight. And for whatever reason, I guess he's trying to see underneath him or see the ground in front of him or whatever. He keeps shining a flashlight on the ground. Meanwhile, we're heading towards the door, and, I, and I'm like, I want to see what's in the door. I don't want to see what's on, <laughs> on the ground. So I keep saying, you know, Peyton, flashlight, flashlight ahead. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I said, a head, a head. And he's like, quit trying to scare me. There ain't no head. <laughs> <laughs> Put the flashlight in front of us, you don't. And so he, does, he raises the flashlight, and as soon as he pulls up the flashlight, it hits the floor. Because there's no door at all, I don't think. I think there's just a doorway. I don't even think there was a front door to the door. If there was, it was always open, because I have no memory of a door. When you shine the flashlight, it went right into the house. There was no door there. 
and when it went into the house, it hit the floorboards just past the threshold of the door, and I saw an arm. And maybe it wasn't me, maybe it was him, I don't know who it was that saw it first, but we saw it, and it, and we all just jumped. And I don't even think the people, it was me and Peyton, I guess, who were most up front, because we jumped and turned around and started to run with you guys behind us. And you guys had no idea what we were running from, but did not wait to find out. Besides the fact that we were about to run over you. Everyone runs away. And finally, I, I guess that we, we regained our senses fast enough to realize that clearly there can't have been someone lying in the floor. And we got the courage to go look back, and it was just a shirt. <laughs> but well, it could have been when that flashlight hit that shirt, and we thought someone was in the floor there, we were just like, Rah! That was that was the stuff that Spooky Housing Legend was made of. Yeah, well, that's what you go for. You go for that cheap thrill. Yeah, the, the roller coaster. Like, like at one time at Goolsby, Errol looked in the front window and just swore he saw what he called a little man. <laughs> and yes. started to run away. <laughs> and everybody ran. And he <laughs> held to that story for a good long while. But there's well, a lot to see. be said. When you're in a scary place, there's a lot to be said for just turning and running away full steam. Most people will take your word for it that you saw something. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun to scare each other in these these things too. It's part of the fun. Well, that's the good the good stuff. Those are the good moments. I remember one time we went to the Villaric house, and you weren't even with us at this time. This time was the time we videotaped it, and I would, for all the world, give anything to have this videotape. And I have no idea what happened to it. And nothing happened. It's just, just to have us on tape while we were going to poke around. And I just remember we had to take two separate crime. cars. And Manlove took a separate car with his buddy. And I guess they were under the influence of something. Because they spent the whole trip to Villarica, near as I can tell, talking about scary things. And by the time they got out of the car, they decided that they were in no condition to enter the house at all. <laughs> they were like, we're not going in. It was just like, you drove all the way out here and you're not even going to go in the house. We're That's not going to do it. <laughs> and they got back in the car and they drove home. I don't know. I think they might have just been under the influence of each other. Just two, two freaked out guys scaring each other with stories. One thing we didn't mention in the last time we recorded this on the, the cursed versions. So we didn't talk about Banning Mill at all. Oh, yeah. I guess that's because I never had a personal experience there. No, I've never seen a ghost, but... It was well, very Talk about creepy. a creepy place. No doubt. Spooky housing, definitely, if you're just going to talk about a spooky... And as far as I know, the old mill is still there. Like, they did put up, like, some kind of resort or something, but what people are telling me is they built a different building. They didn't got this one. But there were a lot of stuff. I got locked in an old meat locker there the first night I went to Banning Mill. But it wasn't by accident. It was like one of those, like, I dare you to do kind of things. Yeah. So what this and, place is, let's explain. It, it It was a mill, I guess, in the olden, olden Yeah, a very Civil old War mill. I'm not times. sure what they made exactly, what kind of mill. But it's and one of those old mill buildings. At some point, it was converted into a bicycle factory. 
back in the late 1800s, I guess, and they had all these gears and stuff on the walls and chains and, you know, just machinery, but old machinery. And then at some point, it was converted into some kind of resort. And they yeah. had like a bar in the basement, much like, just like The Shining. They had this fancy kind of it, bar It was set just up like down The there. Shining. The story says at one point it was an asylum, and I, that just seems like it can't be true to me. I don't see the consistency Well, it's there. not an asylum, but that it was a place during, I guess, the 60s when, when people were a little bit hippy-drippy, where all these psychology students kind of set up a commune out there. And okay. there was a lot of, like, LSD and stuff going on, kind of Charlie Manson-sounding stuff. Yeah, and there well, were it was. rooms, just rooms that, out in the hallways it's a very strange layout. It made no sense. It was. But it was like these... loft apartments, but you were walking around, and you're in a hallway. You turn a corner and to look at some stuff, and you suddenly realize you're standing in someone's apartment. Like, there was no difference at all. And there were rooms that were just in the hallways that just had beds, and they weren't anyone's apartment. It's just a room with, like, ten beds in it. Like, almost like a commune kind of situation. Very strange. But the strangest really stuff is is the the little details. Of course, there were stories that there had been people murdered there by crazy owners in the past and all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, that picture. You remember that story? Yeah, go ahead. Where and tell they found that, the pic? They well, it's not a long story, but basically where they the people who lived there because everything that had ever been there was still there. That's what made the Banning Mill weird. Was it was like a museum that people just moved into. Because most of the time you go up into the attic or whatever, and it was just full of old, weird stuff. And it was full of mysteries. It was it was sort of like one of those movies or TV shows where everything in a house is haunted. You know? Every, it was like a collection of, of weird things. And one of the things that surfaced for the people who lived in the house was this picture out in the woods of a girl who looked dead. It looked like a dead girl. And everyone was like, is this picture fake? Is this real? And, you know, they were asking the owners about it, and everybody started asking questions. And before any of the questions got answered, just the picture mysteriously disappeared and never came up again. But it was very creepy. And there was, yeah. if you, in the attic, there was a painting of, like, a guy. And I want to say he had like, swastikas for No, I have a picture eyes. of that. He was had, it, it was, were they in his eyes, or no, was no, it no, on no. his head? No, no, or no. Or teeth? It was his teeth, and it, it wasn't swastikas. It said KKK. It was a wow. portrait of a guy, and um, but it was a weird painting. Like it wasn't like a good painting. It, was <laughs> it looked strange. like a portrait of a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, like his eyes were too big, and it was just kind of creepy. Weird but smile. if you look carefully at the teeth, the lines of the teeth themselves are crooked, and they spelled KKK. Why did you remember strange. that? I took a picture of that. I may be able to find it. I'm going to look for that. Oh, you should. I would definitely like to see that. But just little things like that. And, I, there and was downstairs, nobody lived, and it was all run down. It was like an old, dirty basement. But it had tables like an old saloon still, like tables and a bar and chairs and stuff. that old stuff, cash but, register, which was really cool. It was real old, old west-looking cash registers. Mm-hmm. And then if you went deeper in, it got even more like a, like a horror movie. Like, I remember there was a wall. There was like a little room. It was like a little hallway that you walked through, and the whole wall was covered in nails. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That was, to me, the scariest. It was like a pinhead room. Mm-hmm. And it made no sense. They were too close together for you to hang stuff on them. You know, it wasn't anything that made any sense to look at. Yeah, just, I mean, the try, deeper try to understand. You went, it was weird. When we say nails, I mean, this room was like the size of a closet. 
but you had to walk through it. Like, there, there was no reason for it there to be any walls here. It's like they walled off part of the hallway or something. And thousands of nails, but they were only driven in just a little bit. Like, most of the nail was sticking out of the wall. And the whole wall was covered in these things. And it actually felt kind of dangerous just to walk through that room. Like, you didn't want to trip. Spring the trap. Have it slammed shut exactly. on Exactly. That's what, exactly what it felt like. We wanted to film a horror movie at the Banning Mill so much. And I, I still wish we had. But I remember, the, and it had one of those old industrial, and it wasn't used anymore, but it was an old industrial kitchen like in The Shining. And that was where they locked me into the old, I guess it wasn't a meat locker, but one of those old, I guess, freezers, but it wasn't yeah. on anymore. And I got locked in. They had a big water like a bill. Oh, that was uh, I got water wheel, I guess, whatever you call it. They could drive the mill. It was because it was on a river, like a little yeah, river. Yeah, it was a very pretty place, uh, mostly on the inside and also on the outside. And this movie, the, they shot a lot of fried green tomatoes there, outside where the where the river is and where the bridge is. They shot, and I think they, in some of the flashback scenes where they're shooting, where it's like an old saloon or something. I think that's that downstairs. I'm going to look into if you watch that the movie. I have oh, I would dearly somewhere. love to see that picture. Because my mind made me remember it completely differently. Swastik, I was remembering swastikas. Well, same, you know, same idea. Something it's just funny how, it. yeah, I, I had conjured a different image. This is why I don't trust the old lady ghost memory. Yeah, it's actually an old man. Actually an old man. It was my grandpa. <laughs> I was actually 17. <laughs> I don't remember it right at all. I've never <laughs> lived in Mississippi. Other than that, the story's true. But that that was pretty creepy. And people said they saw like you have to understand too. Like in the, we lived in uh, one of the houses we lived in in Carrollton. People swore was haunted. All that we knew the people who lived there before us, and they swore up and down it was haunted. And a guy like killed himself there, and blah blah blah. And they saw stuff all the time. But when we moved into that house, we never saw a thing, ever. Yeah, I lived and, there for like three years, and I never and saw And it's anything. because the people who lived before us had like four-day parties, you know, everybody. One of the guys that lived in that house made his own acid in a vat, you know what I mean? Like, not credible witnesses, as witnesses go. So the, the ghost sightings dried up when those people left. There's one more thing we have to mention. And that is the um, the backmasking incident. Oh yeah, this was very cool. Like we've said before, maybe in, in other recordings of this same episode, but we we said that we would I would never do the EVP, the electronic voice phenomenon thing, where they just set up a recorder and listen back to hear if, you know see if they can hear something horrible. I would never do that because I wouldn't want that hanging over me in my house. You know, I wouldn't want to know that. what if you hear something? That would then what do you do? Yeah, because they do that to people, and ghost hunters do that to people all the time. Like, oh yeah, listen to this. Like, what? They're gonna kill who with what? Like, yeah, we're a phone call away if you need anything. (laughs) Good good luck with that. We're a phone call and eight thousand miles away. I didn't. It brought me no comfort. (laughs) But they never say that. They're just happy to have someone there. But but the, this this situation sort of did that for a friend of ours because this backmasking was actually very cool. It's not supernatural at all. It's just creepy. But 
this happened while we were editing back when you could do like jog shuttle editing where you actually run things you know forward and backwards with a little, like a knob this would never happen in digital editing but we we're editing an episode of the, of the show and what happens is she's there's is our buddy Errol's in it and there's a girl standing behind him and she takes out a knife like she goes and says would you like some cake that's the line. That's how ominous it is. But when you play it backwards, however, you know, she's French or whatever, you know, however her diction is, the cadence of the way she says it, when you play it backwards, she, it sounds like she's saying, I must kill you. And then the knife comes down with the same sound as it came up. So it's like, chalk. And it looks, because she's standing behind him, it looks like she just drives a knife into the back of his neck. <laughs> And it, it's pretty uncanny and pretty cool, and and we played it for him, and he was very very unhappy with it, because the girl was actually his ex girlfriend also, so that added an element. Would you like some cake? <laughs> yeah, must. It's a lot of fun. It shows you how neat, how backmasking sometimes can be unintentional. You'll find things, so not every time. When you hear someone saying marijuana on a record or something, it's not always intentional. Well, I also think, too, like on those EVPs, some of the things they find are really creepy, you know? Really, really clear. And difficult to dismiss. But some of them are really cryptic. Like some of them are like, I heard them say someone's in the house. It's like, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear them say anything. It did sound like a voice. But, you know, electronic equipment. You can pick up frequencies, things like that. It could very well have found, some, you know, picked up something. And it real. doesn't really make any sense. It wasn't that necessarily a mic and... supernatural. What? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. I lost your signal for a second there. I think the uh, ghosts are angry with us for discussing this. I know. We're trying to make it through this second one. We've had this issue before. We've mentioned EVPs before, and this happened. I'm having a deja vu feeling. I know. Didn't it we does do this feel... on a different episode when we mentioned EVPs and all of a sudden you would you disappeared and I couldn't hear you anymore? How weird. Oh, I hope it's not me. See, that's why I won't do that stuff in well, my I house. I hope it's not me. I hope it I, is you. I had a dream one time that there was a ghost in this house. And I've only been here for now about a year. A little less. But I had a dream that we were doing like a ghost hunters kind of thing where we were looking for ghosts in the house and I saw a ghost and it was a girl and her name was Sarah. And and like, like I remember what she looked like in the dream. I remembered that her name was Sarah and she like led me to look up in the attic and there was a fire in the attic and there were kids in the fire dressed in Halloween costumes, like very specific. Oh no. Very specific things. Well, now you've got to research that. That's what Melissa said, and I say the same to you. Screw you. <laughs> it was just a dream. Oh, you have to. Well, what if it turns out to be something? I don't well, want to find out. That's I hear sounds from the attic all the life. time. And and I'm so happy to believe it squirrels, even when it sounds like, Sean, I'm going to kill you. Crawling <laughs> <laughs> down the wall right now. <laughs> yeah, really. It's me. The dead guy. See, awesome. I don't want. I don't want to know that. I think some things are better left. And this, you have a similar situation in your house, so you can't call me on this. Oh your yeah, your house has a similar creepiness right have now. We met, have we mentioned it ever on the show before? Well, we mentioned it in a prior in a prior attempt to record this episode in my crawl space. 
it's like I said before, I've got the closet door that you open it up, and then there's another door behind it. Like, what is Yeah, it's a really creepy door. hidden crawl space in this one. You open that door, and it goes under the house, and there's dirt. And when we bought the house, um, our house, the guy, the house inspector or whatever, was just going around and investigating the whole house, and we were just sitting upstairs, whatever. And he comes up, and he's like, ooh, there's something strange down there. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, God, it's oh, like, like you know. Bestest bad pipes asbestos or something and he's like then he tells us at the very back of the crawl space there's a shelf and on this shelf is like a huge mound of stuffed animals and baby dolls like what and i go look and sure enough at the back of this crawl space at the very very back like the hardest part to get to there's a shelf with a big mound of stuffed animals on it and and little baby dolls i don't know i've never messed with it i've just i leave it i leave it be yeah, I've I seen enough horror movies to know. Advice. Do not disturb the dolls if you don't have to. Because that's like Chris or somebody. That's the first thing she said. You need to get rid of those. Like, mm-mm. You don't, <laughs> do you pay any attention at all? You never disturb <laughs> them. They're not bothering me. I'm not going to bother them. <laughs> exactly. There's two scenarios. One, that it's like ghost, and I don't want to disrupt the ghost. And the other one is that it's the thing that keeps the chud that lives in the basement happy. <laughs> and I'm all for that, too. <laughs> It's weird because there are these vents down there that, I guess, vent the air to the outside. And sometimes, more than once, we've come home, and on the front of the house, you can see the vents right at the bottom of the ground there. And the um, the vents have been pushed out, like from the inside, one of them. So something, I guess, inside pushed its way out at some point. See, that's creepy, too. I don't know. I, I don't mess with it. I don't, I don't want to know. Yeah, exactly. Those it doesn't scare me, though. It's funny because there are people I know that will not go down there. Because I'm like, oh, you should check it out. They're like, no. I was like, oh, it's hard. Right. Just go. No. And they're serious. Like, they won't do it. They won't even look. I, I think like, that's on, smart guys. as well. Because, you know, there are horror movie scenarios where people are like, hey, you want to come see something weird? And then they're the hatchet man. I guess. but maybe That you might could... be a level of trust on, on their part for you. They won't even stand in the door and shine a flashlight to the other end of the room. It's like, come They're on, like, guys. Well, that reminds me. Remember WWGC? Like, there, all the surrounding buildings of that were supposedly haunted. Yeah. And the one right across the green from the radio station. I'm talking about on the college campus where we used to go to school. Across from that building, there was a building where supposedly it was a dorm and, and the guy killed his girlfriend and they couldn't ever get the blood out and they had to paint the walls black and you could get in enough to see that you, that there was a room in there where the walls were painted black and some people would come by with like fluorescent points and put paint and like put handprints and stuff on the windows and it made it look creepy but it also took away but I remember one time we were up there with a couple of girls again and we were gonna, and we were actually going to, to break into that room, and and they would absolutely would not let us, because we I've never, I guess not that time anyway, had ever gone into that room. Yeah, I went into that that hallway, and um, it was creepy. And one of the things that was weird is the bathroom, because it clearly was a dorm at one point, and the bathroom, but this is like in the fifties. I mean, it was old. Well, that's how the story goes. Stuff. The story and the bathroom, is the 50s. Um, all the toilets, the water in them all were like just blood red. And of course, I, I just assumed that it was rust in the pipes or something like that. But the other guys were with me. It was like, oh god, it's blood, and they'd run, you know. <laughs> so there was something. I mean, it was strange though. It's not something you see all the time. It's creepiness. 
it's neat finding weird things. We did a haunted house. We used to do the haunted house on campus, and uh, there was in another abandoned dorm that um, the the bottom floor of the dorm was used by the campus police at that time, and the upper two floors were just or three floors were just empty, and they let us do the haunted house up on those uh, upper floors. And, uh, you know, each campus group, each different fraternity or whatever would have a room that they would, a themed room that they would do. Money would go to charity or something. It's just silliness. But um, that was a creepy building. And at one point, we, we found a door that was kind of a weird closet, something, and we opened it. And it had all this riot gear in it that I guess had belonged to the campus police back in the 60s and the 50s, mm-hmm. back when they were protesting stuff. It's because they were clearly old and hadn't been touched in forever. But his riot, like actual riot helmets and riot shields, it's a very strange. God, I wish I had taken some of that now that I look back on it. What a cool <laughs> thing to have. You never know when you're going to need riot gear. That's handy. That is true. I don't know why we don't recommend that for the zombie apocalypse, because I can't see where... I mean, we some talk about body armor. armor being important. You know, when you're protecting against bites, riot gear would be awesome. Yeah, a shield at least. Head to toe and a shield. That that's that would be the way to go. I guess I don't know. Maybe that's mask. a little weird to explain to people why you have like full riot gear in your house. But I, so, I would have no problem telling people it was for the zombie apocalypse. To be honest, like, oh yeah, go so ahead, neat, laugh. Like growing up in a small town, because in the south anyway, I don't know if it's. I assume it's like that in any town that has any history. I assume that there's all kinds of neat stuff like that. Just stuff you'll find, just random old forgotten things. It's such a cool thing to do that you don't get in these like where I live now everything's torn down and, and they build Starbucks on top of it so you don't you don't have that feeling of history so I miss that yeah and it is kind of funny even when we say stuff like Savannah's a very old town you know for for America it's, well, it's funny like how years we old. assume that, everything is old. if it's 50 years old we think of it as old and haunted yeah but it's like go to Europe I'm surprised yeah, they have the, built the by the Romans. Yeah, I'm surprised the international people don't have more going on, you know? Well, they probably do. They're just used to ghosts. It's nothing for them. Yeah, it's like those Americans are a bunch of wusses. I guess that covers most of our weird stories. If Maybe we we'll, think of any more, we'll, we'll, we'll mention it. Yeah, them. I, I, I kind of think, oh, what if we didn't say everything? But, you know, there's another Halloween around the corner. And truly, we'll, all, we'll, we'll run or into we'll just some mention them randomly. I, I like talking about the personal stories on the show. Well, I like stuff like this, too. I mean, I, I enjoy, like I said, I, I do not discount at all the idea that, that ghosts exist. I don't subscribe to any particular idea that they do, though. You know, it's sort of like aliens and UFOs. Sure, it's a big world. I can see that. I love Bigfoot and the Log Nest Monster. Surely. I think, didn't Greg say he's seen a UFO? So that's something we need to ask him next time we do the show. He said he had a UFO story, and I would, I'd surely like to hear it, because I don't have a UFO story. That seems cooler to me than ghosts right now. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I don't have one either, but I'd love to hear it. So we'll we'll hit him up for that on the next yeah. episode. Uh, that'll be his, his, his thing then. And but I will for post now, the I think... video of that backmasking thing we were talking about the I must kill you I'm going to put that on the website it'll be on YouTube on um, the Dark Crazy channel but I'll put a link to it on the website as well so you can yeah, get it straight from there it's not supernatural at all it's just interesting 
It's just kind of fun. So yeah, it's a, it's a good back masking moment. So let us know if you have any creepy stories. Feedback at tv8mydinner.com. Yeah, I would love to hear your ghost stories. Maybe we, we should set one that. up temporarily called Bleed Back at tv8mydinner.com. Bleed Back. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So don't send anything to that. Yeah, no, bleed. Yeah, forget it. That's dumb. It will go Sorry, away. St- stupid idea. Yeah. Forget yeah, it. Yeah, just email us at feedback at tv8mydinner.com with your stories. And because actually we do have a lot more stories. It's just we only I've heard a lot of cool ghosty stories. I just don't like oh, telling yeah. other people's stories. Yeah, I know a ton you of know? people that have told me cool things. And maybe we yeah, can do like an episode I, about that, too. And maybe, yeah, if we can get those people to, to give us their stories or whatever, you know. Yeah, or if you guys got a story, send it to me and we'll read it. Yeah, I, if you have a cool one, yeah. I just don't like to, to take another person's story without, you know, their involvement. But, but there's definitely, you know, everybody you meet has got at least one story like that. Except for Greg, apparently. <laughs> he has no ghost stories. But he does have UFO, so that, that, that counts. <laughs> well, Greg's idea of scary is different. It's probably a better... That he doesn't, he's never seen a ghost. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd flip his wig if he saw a ghost. Because <laughs> he said happy feet was scary. So, <laughs> so, really? I'm not sure there's room in that world for ghosts. <laughs> Yikes. All right, then. Well, All right. well I guess happy that's Halloween, good everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Don't spooky house. Yeah, don't do that. Enjoy your candy. And we will talk to you next week. My name's Brooks. And I'm Sean. <laughs> That's the creepy Barney Rubble laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think Barney Rubble laughs just like the Emperor's? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah. I could see that. The <laughs> Emperor's